Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL, Yamalava and Pleska. And here's the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you. Good to be here with you, Tim, as always. So this time today, just a quick look at the Job Seekers visa. This is a new announcement, Ludmilla, and it's in accordance with UAE Cabinet Resolution 65 of 2022. And really, in simple terms, this is... If you're looking for work, you're kind of welcome to come and look, essentially. That's exactly right. And this is the resolution you mentioned, which is the resolution number 65-2022, is otherwise known as the UAE, the new UAE immigration law. And this is quite a, a, a large legislative source of information that ultimately introduce uh, fairly significant reforms into the UAE residency or immigration uh, framework. And as one of these um, <clears throat> announcements or one of the new changes is this job seekers visa, which is a very specialized visa that allows uh, those who want to visit the UAE to basically explore opportunities, employment opportunities to apply for a very specialized visa to exactly do that. So this is truly one of its kind and the first one ever visa of this type that um, this country has um, um, has offered. Uh, so um, this is um, somewhat groundbreaking. Uh, and in many ways, having lived here for so many years, I I personally feel that this was such a tremendous uh, positive step forward because, uh, let's face it, uh, the UAE over the years has become ever more appealing and attractive for people to come and want to live here and work here. And uh, But at the same time, it's not perhaps as easy to find a job here as it was before. And many people do want to come and explore to, uh, and see what opportunities there are here. And over the years, I've seen over and over again, people do that. They'll come on a tourist visa and they will um, uh, stay here on a tourist visa while trying to look for a job. So uh, and those visas usually are uh, shorter in time, or at least historically. And then sometimes people even start uh, trying out and working a little bit. And so all that but previously was actually illegal to do. Technically speaking, it was done all too often, but it was somewhat illegal to do because when you get in the past, you get a tourist visa, you get a tourist visa. That means you come here on a, on tourism. So when you start looking for a job, uh, in technical terms, there was inconsistency between the type of visa that you'd come here and the actual activities that you were pursuing here while in the country. So now this particular visa, and, and, and then it's Article 20 and 21 to be precise, uh, now offers a very specialized uh, visa, and it is called the Job Seekers Visa. Uh, more importantly, this particular visa does not require a sponsor or a guarantor, and uh, which was the case before. So often uh, in the past, when you wanted to come visit the UE on, on the visa, you needed somebody here on the ground to be your guarantor or your sponsor. And they would have to present all sorts of documents and uh, ultimately they would be responsible for you. Now, this under this new immigration law and this particular visa, you don't need to have a sponsor here. You don't need it doesn't need to be an individual or, for example, a company who you're trying to see and explore whether you could actually work for them or not. Um, so um, so it's, a, it's in other words, it's a self-sponsored visa. Uh, and um, and it's available, but it is available to n- not to everyone, so to speak. So there are some limitation or eligibility requirements uh, for whom this kind of visa is, in fact, um, uh, available or offered. And um, at a high level, so those who would qualify 
uh, must meet certain conditions, one of which is the applicant, for example, must be ex an experienced worker, uh, either an experienced worker, and what's called at the first, second, and third professional level, as the Ministry of Human Resource and Amortization classifies. Okay, but well, what does that mean, precisely? Uh, so, it's actually a fairly um, complicated and multifaceted exercise, if you will. So, this would require to go onto the Ministry of Human Resource and Amortization website, and they have uh, a tab there for the classification system, and it's pages and pages and pages, basically, that set out, this is your first, uh, first category of employees or or professions, this is the second category of professions, and uh, e within each one of these categories, a whole long list of different types of professions that fall into one of each, uh, one of e each one of these categories. But ultimately, it's more professionals, if you will, for example, engine engineers, doctors, uh, um, tech professionals, uh, teachers, and so on and so forth. So, but uh, the the categories differ on the tie on the basis of what industry or what um, specific sort of professional qualification it is. But but at a high level, and again, there's many many d details, many different professions that are listed in there. So if you wanted to know whether you qualify, you literally need to go on the on and download one of these classification documents and go one by one to see if you fit and under which one is specific the categories you would fit but it's pre pretty expensive and pretty inclusive categories so it's not like that it just only applies to a doctor for example there's under each one of these levels of categories there are dozens of uh, you know dozens dozens of professions so that's basically that's that's one eligibility requirement the other one, if you are not one of those experienced workers, uh, then you have to be a recent graduate. So in other words, you can also qualify for this job seekers visa if you're a recent graduate, but you must not be more than two years out. Uh, uh, from your graduation date. So in other words, a really recent graduate. And you have to be a recent graduate from one of the world's uh, top 500 universities. So top 500 best universities in the world as uh, is classified, again, but not this time, it's by the UAE Ministry of Education. So if the first classification we're talking about in terms of the experienced workers, uh, those classifications are listed by the Ministry of Human Resources and Amortization, or otherwise referred to as Mohre. Uh, now, this particular class classification, because now we're talking about recent graduate students, that is, so the classification here is set by the Ministry of Education, the UAE Ministry of Education. And once again, you would have to access the website and then see there's a whole list of, uh, under the ministry, and the UAE Ministry of Education of the 500 uh, best universities that this country deems to be best universities and from uh, whom, uh, from, from which these universities, from which uh, universities these graduates would qualify to apply for job seekers visa. Uh, but all in all, whether you are an experienced worker or a graduate, uh, the minimum requirement, educational requirement has to be a bachelor's degree or the equivalent, whatever that may mean. So basically, that's that's in terms of the qualifications, if you will. And then as part of the visa application, you also need to. Uh, to provide what's called a security or, or financial security. Uh, the, the law itself, interestingly enough, does not, it just basically sets and states uh, a requirement for a financial security, but does not state what that amount is. But since then, there have been re regulations that have been, been passed uh, to further highlight certain aspects of the law. And as per this regulation with regards to this fi financial security for this particular visa, it's a payment of a thousand to two thousand dirhams. So it's not at all a, a significant financial commitment that you need to 
prove, which was which was the big question for a while until the regulations came forward. You know, how much? Because if you're coming here to look for a job, theoretically you probably don't have uh, a lot of money to show for, and you don't really want to spend a lot of money to try to look for a job. So this particular amount of uh, financial security, I think, is quite reasonable, uh, and um, um, and certainly makes this particular visa a lot more palatable. All right. So let's assume that you fulfill all those requirements. You've been to the right university. You are at the right level, as it were, to come into the country. You uh, fulfill the prescribed financial security. How long does the visa last for, the job seekers visa? And if you then find employment, how easy is it to switch to you know, a permanent residence working visa? So the duration of this particular job seekers visa actually is granted first for 60 days. So this too in of itself is quite significant departure from the previous practice because previously the default was 30 days or depending on nationality. Uh, and uh, you could have extended one more time, but that was, that was basically it. Now this time the default is 60 days. And it can actually be renewed uh, several times up to 180 days, depending on the circumstances. So what that means is that theoretically, this kind of visa allows you to be in the country for up to six months looking for a job. Uh, and um, and obviously this this in the way um, benefits both the the applicant uh, and the country because it means that the person would have enough time to look for the uh, for the right job and that means that once he or she finally secures employment at least in theory that that employment opportunity will be more uh, more stable um, than um, what would happen in the past because the time was running so fast you just take uh, the first opportunity you could just to make to just to allow yourself to uh, to stay in the country so not in theory at least with this kind of option you can really take your time and make sure that whenever you commit yourself and equally so for the company whenever they decide to hire you that this is sort of more or less uh, uh, the right fit for you and therefore will uh, at least again theoretically introduce some sort of level of consistency and security for both parties well this is the thing isn't it we've talked about this before at some length you know you have time to do your due diligence and i guess by the same token whoever's going to employ you they have time to do the same so it's a good thing for a steady job market isn't it uh, for sure and and um, I, I would perhaps i would offer that this is exactly the reason why and these sweeping reforms in immigration policies took place and why these specific types of visas were introduced uh, exactly for that. Because uh, you know, there were so many other consequences or repercussions that would follow in the past, uh, all stemming from the fact that parties would commit themselves to a job that they ultimately didn't wasn't really right for one or the other party. So, for example, if you recall, there were all sorts of um, uh, bans before. Uh, and that was uh, employment bans that would be applied to employees if they were to resign, let's say, within first six months or within one year of their employment. It depends. Uh, and it was all because what was happening often is that somebody would come to the country and on this 30-day tourist visa, find a job, get a job just so that they didn't have to go back, uh, knowing full well that they weren't going to really stay with that job for a long time. And 
And then the next opportunity would present itself, um, two or three weeks later, they would jump. And this is why there were all sorts of employment regulations, for example, that existed that actually penalized these kinds of behaviors because that was very unstable and unsettling for the, uh, for the business market, uh, as, as you, as you may appreciate. So, so, so you, in, in effect, you needed to have this whole, like, legal ecosystem, if you will, to try to deal with the repercussions of, uh, these kind of jumpers that would come and, um, jump on the first job that they could just so that they can find another job uh, that was better. Uh, but simply because they didn't have enough time, they you know didn't have the luxury to actually really take their time and they make the choice, the first choice proper one. Because it was always kind of amplified here, wasn't it? That situation, people would come in, take that first job within 30 days, and then it, you have this kind of, I don't know, rebound effect almost. And, and, that's just, there's no time to build any trust, is there? And this is exactly why we, we saw the practices, the employment practices, the employment laws, uh, the immigration practices that developed as a result of this. And what would often happen, and these, these are specific examples from my own practice here, is that what happened is somebody would jump on a job just because it gave him a job and gave residency. Then they, two, three months later, they would want to jump to a better job, the actual job that they would have preferred to begin with, but it wasn't available at that time. But because there was a, uh, an employment ban, uh, because they resigned within, um, let's say, six months from the time they started their job. There were different bans that applied, but for example. Uh, so they, what they would do, they would resign, and they would go, and they n- knew that they had an employment ban. Well, this was not an immigration ban. It was an employment ban. And they would go and work for that other new company, but while having an employment ban. Uh, and it was all good uh, until it wasn't. In other words, until you weren't caught. And I've, I had... In my practice here, I had a few of these examples where uh, people were caught. And let's say even it's the previous company that was upset with that employee jumping. And they found out that, well, he or she went and worked for the next company. Uh, and while still having a travel, uh, an employment ban. And so that person and this particular client of mine, it was you know, the inspection, the immigration inspection came, or inspectors came, inspected the premises, and then fined the company 50,000 dirhams and also fined this particular individual and deported him. So that this is, like, as you said, it was an amplified effect. It was mm. true. The, the circumstances and the consequences were quite severe. Uh, and it was all because of basically this, this different the, the part of the ecosystem, this different um, tools existed to ultimately uh, deter uh, these kinds of practices. Um, so uh, it was all too real. And, and by the way, at the time in particular, when you were working uh, for another company while having an employment ban, that, that particular practice would lead to deportation. So let's say if you were working for the same, for, in the same uh, case, and by the way, this is again from my personal experience and almost, it's actually from the same client. There was another employer at the same time that was working for that second company, but, um, on a different visa, but was not under the employment ban. In that case, it was just a penalty. It was several thousand dirham penalty, but there was no deportation for this other client. And he was deported. And, and once you're deported from the UAE, you're deported for life. So that's just an example. So now, <clears throat> presumably, this this new type of visa will um, make that practice and all those uh, stories and uh, eventualities a thing of the past. Uh, and now people can actually come here and be very transparent 
about why they're coming into the UAE and uh, not have to hide in, sh- in, in somebody's shadow uh, while and actually be very open even with all the companies that they're applying to that we're here in the UAE on the job seekers visa looking for a job. So I think all in all, it's a, it's a great uh, development for the country and all, for all those prospective recruits um, that uh, are wanting to come into this country and contribute in the job market. That's another episode of Logical. This time, everything you need to know about the Job Seekers visa here in the UAE, or most, at least, of what you need to know. Our legal expert, as always, Ludmilla Yamalava, managing partner here at Yamalava and Plethka. And thank you. Thank you, Tim, as always. LY Law, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, a huge, ever-growing library, hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of legal matters here in the UAE are covered. They're all free to listen to. And if you'd like a legal question answered in a future logical episode, or you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.